Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is For Fox's Sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox's Sake. My name is Pete Selby and he's not alongside me, but he's uh, miles away. I'm going to say 30-odd miles, possibly. Um, I'm in For Fox's Sake HQ, so it sounds really good and uh, professional. But Rob Hayes is not here. He's at the other end of the line. Hello, Pete. How are you? Hello. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that was a bit of a long-winded way of saying hello. Yeah, and I also just uh, allowed a very unnatural delay there. There isn't a delay, I just delayed what I was saying, because I got bored of your introduction. That's fine. If people knew how we are recording this with terms of wires and technology and all that sort of thing, then uh, they'd be amazed. But um, It's basically paper be... cups on the end of some string. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to be radioactive by the end of this, because I'm surrounded by different parts and different bits and bobs. Anyway... Um, as long as it sounds good, that's fine. Um, what has happened? Lots. Really? Yeah, we've lost... We've Claude Puel has taken an axe and chopped off some very fringes of our squad. And uh, quite substantially, actually. The, the number of departed in the last uh, 24, 48 hours has actually has actually surprised me with, uh, with four going out, Ojoa, Musa, King and Slomani all at the back end of the transfer window. What do you make of it? Well, <laughs> it's. I mean, end of the day, we'll, we'll have to start with Mares. really. You're going to have to. It's a fast-moving story, um, and it's a right mess. There's no other way you can you can put it. Um, the, the, the first thing I'd say is that, obviously, there's, a, there's, there's so much nonsense out there. You know, I don't know what's going on. No one knows. But then people pretend that they do, and he's gone AWOL. I, I, I've read some of the most... Um, Contracting, uh, contrasting statements via you know either social media or on the news even where they've gone back on what they said at the beginning of their piece. Either he's gone AWOL. Um, we don't know where he is. We don't know that he's missing. He might have left. He might not have gone. He could be at the training. So he's not gone AWOL because no one knows where he is. You don't know where no. he is. So yeah. it's the introductions basically. to the stories are saying, oh, he's missed training for a fourth day in a row. And then somewhere buried in the middle is it's unclear whether the club has sanctioned this uh, <laughs> yeah, this exactly. um, time off or not. So basically, they're, they're not, they've not seen him arrive at the training ground and they don't think he's there. But they've got no proof whatsoever that this is off his own back. I mean, based on the, the back of the transfer saga and, and them selling newspapers or getting clicks on, on websites, etc., is piggybacking on the transfer saga and saying, oh, he's gone AWOL. Club Pearl might have gone, look, it's not going to be good for you to be around the training ground. Have a few days off, cool down. The transfer's not gone through and come back when you're in the right frame of mind. It might it might well be that, but they're just trying to sensationalise everything for a change. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I think he's obviously, there's been a, a huge problem, a bust up and, and and it's all gone slightly wrong. But I think we'd, we'd just better go back to before the Everton game, funny enough, I went on a, another podcast, an Everton podcast this time. And they uh, thankfully, well, they anyway, asked me to go on, and I went on, and, uh, and and it was very nice. And the first thing I said was, "There's absolutely nothing wrong with Leicester City Football Club in terms of the owners, manager, players, form, 
everything, as we've been saying for a few weeks now, all of a sudden it all goes horribly wrong in the space of about 48 hours. But um, no, obviously the news broke that um, Manchester City were interested in signing Mares. And we've said before, I think we were, we were talking about it with um, Harry Maguire, saying that if they came in with a bid for him, that was ex- that was accepted by the club, then he's going to go. Everyone's going to go to Man City. So would Mares want to go? Of course he would. Every player would want to go there because you've got the chance of winning, well, they're going to win possibly four trophies this year and they're going to be perennial um, possible champions of England. They're going to be the same in Europe. They've got the best manager in Europe as well. So of course it's going to be um, of interest to him to go. But the thing that obviously has been missed in all this and what I mean been missed, been missed by people in the game who work on TV, people who we've mentioned already on the news, etc., is that bids need to be accepted. And three or four bids, whatever you want to believe, or rumoured interest bids, things happen beyond the scenes that we don't know about, and we won't. But obviously, bids were made, and they were turned down. And then it turns out from, um, I think it was Rob Tanner at the, the Mercury who said about Leicester were wanting 80 million cash. Um, they bid up to 50 million in cash with a player added on who was worth 15 million, who's obviously rubbish because who's worth 15 million at Manchester City? Yeah, and exactly. Leicester it's somebody like Fabian Delfort or Patrick Roberts, their striker who's on loan at Celtic's been linked as well. But £50 million pounds uh, plus a player deal doesn't work for Leicester because no. it's highly unlikely that a player that's worth £15 million, pounds, as you say, at Manchester City is going to be a player that's going to add any value to, to Leicester's squad. And if Leicester have said Man City, it costs £80 million pounds for you to buy Riyad Mahrez and they don't meet the £80 million pounds valuation, I, I don't see why there needs to be any more said about it. No, I, 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 I agree with what you say. The, the, the problem is with the player. Um, I don't believe it was Delft because I think he's obviously important to them in their squad. Um, I don't think it was Roberts because that was the player Leicester actually kind of said, well, if you throw this guy in as well, we might be thinking of a deal here. Um, but the problem is they were obviously way off in their in their valuation. They've tried to get him on the cheap. They've tried to think, obviously, they, they know Riyadh and they know his people and they knew that he would turn to the club and say, I want to go. And the club might turn around and go, oh, OK, we can, we'll, we'll, we'll let you go. We'll try and get the most amount of money, but whatever the biggest offer is, we'll accept. That's obviously not happened. What they don't realise is that, you know, we are one of the big boys now. Our owners are filthy rich, and obviously they're not no mugs as well. On the same day that we've turned down fifty million pounds for a player, they've announced a hundred million training ground complex at, at Park Hill and Seagrave, um, because they couldn't get the uh, the the other golf club. They've they've, they've bought that one. So this is there are no mugs, and that's really how the story ends. Obviously, Mares handed in a transfer request. Apparently, um, he's obviously tremendously poorly advised. Again, um, I, I think you know maybe poorly advised by his family, his friends, by his new agent. But it's it doesn't kind of sit right with me. I think there's a bit more to the story than than a lot of people are saying. I, I don't for one second believe that he's upset at the club. He's never looked that way ever, absolutely on the field. I mean, end of the day, we see these players run out onto the field to warm up. We then see them run out again and play a game and then they disappear and we see them next on the football field at the next game. 
when Riyad Mahrez is playing for Leicester, he seems to be extremely happy with both uh, the club, with his teammates. Um, he plays with a smile on his face. He's always in there when they celebrate. He's not that sort of uh, Ronaldo-type player who you see, he, he, it's all about him. That's that's not Riyad Mahrez. So when people say, oh, yeah, you've got to let him go, we don't have to let him go at all. I think there's just a lot of nonsense because it is the big story of of the week, isn't it? Yeah, and Leicester have been renowned for their team spirit throughout the years, throughout the decades, but most notably in the last few years, we basically won the Premier League based on team spirit uh, and Riyad Mahrez was a big part of that. It's going to be interesting, though, to see how he integrates back into the squad if and when he does. Clubwell said uh, in and around deadline day that, that they'd, everybody would help him come back with a smile. But if you're Riyad Mahrez, whether you've been ill-advised or not, you've made very publicly uh, a transfer request yet again for the, what, third transfer window in a row that the saga's been revolving around you. How do you come back and look the players in the eye that are at Leicester that know you don't want to be there, that have watched you try and force yourself through a move? I mean, in the summer on the transfer deadline day, he didn't play for Nigeria when he uh, for Algeria rather when he got called up to their squad, and he just apparently sat in an airport in Paris waiting for a call that never came. Uh, how many time? How many times can Leicester's players? let Riyad Mahrez get away with this or do they let this put this aside which they have to do as professionals obviously and as long as he's doing the business on the pitch then that's fine because that's something that Andy King said at the start of the season wasn't it he said look if me and the rest of the senior pros and the rest of the the core group of players in the squad see that he's not pulling his weight on the pitch we will be the first to tell him and I think that's that still stands although Andy King's uh, no longer at the club for a for, for the time being. I think that mantra will still stand. The players and the manager and the coaching staff will still expect the same level of application from Mares when he comes back. What do you reckon the reception will be for him at the King Power Stadium? I mean, today's Friday that we're recording this podcast. Leicester playing Swansea tomorrow. So based on the fact that Riyad Mares has been, in inverted commas, AWOL for four days, uh, means it's probably unlikely that he's going to feature in the squad on Saturday. But as and when he returns to the King Power particularly, uh, how do you think the home crowd will react to him? And if it was you, uh, usually we're there in a professional capacity, but if you were there in the cop, what would you be doing when Riyad Mahrez's name is read out on the team sheet? I think there'll be boos. I think there'll be cheers. I think there'll be people cheering who want to boo. And I think there'll be people booing who really want to cheer, if you know what I mean. Um, and I don't know what you mean. I think no idea people, what you're talking about. You know, you know, you know what I'm getting. Well, the listeners know what I'm getting at. There'll be people who will be cheering his name, who would be spending all week down the pub slating him and saying they never want to see him in a Leicester shirt again, which is possibly the most ludicrous thing I've heard people say and write um, over the last 48 hours. That's if if that's your thought, if that's your theory, then we are not going to be moving forward into a proper big six club. Um, and a sustained top six, seven club, because things like this happen. You do get players who, uh, it does happen. Um, it's very unfortunate, and I know how much money he gets paid. That's another thing as well, before I answer that. It, the money situation. People turn around during their working week, um, when they get a break, they then turn around and say, hang on, this guy's going on strike, which he's not going on strike as yet. Um I'm being paid £100,000 a week. Obviously, the money situation does wrangle with fans. And I think that is probably the main thing. That is really... I don't believe there's people out there who are 
there might be one or two who are so died in the world. I mean, we're big fans, don't get me wrong, but there will be people out there who are, who are a lot bigger Leicester fans than those who live and die for the club, who go home and away and all that sort of thing, but um, who, who believe that if you dishonour the shirts by handing a transfer request in, then I never want to see your face again, and I'm going to boo and shout at you, even if you're wearing that shirt. That's just ludicrous to me. So there'll be people out there who will be cheering him, who will be cheering him because they want to see him do well in the Leicester shirt on the field. But secretly they're thinking, hang on, you you have kind of taken away the gloss of, of your career. And there were people booing him, but who then secretly want him to be doing well and want to actually cheer him, who maybe feel that their mates are booing, so they have to. And it'd be fine. It'll be absolutely fine. The short-termness of... Le- of um, Football fans nowadays is unbelievable. Again, we've mentioned it before. One good win, everything's hunky-dory. Everything's fine at Stoke now because they've drew 0-0 and won 2-0 in the Premier League. Everything in the rest of the season doesn't matter anymore. People are so uh, short-minded when it comes to football now. If he's playing in the next game, not Swansea, obviously, the next game, and does well, that'll be fine. I think he'll get a bit more of a hostile reception than he did at the start of the season. I think with the players, I think Schmeichel's already come out and said, look, there's no problem there. It'll be absolutely fine with us. Um, And I think the main reason is, is our position and our position in the league and also the cup. If we remain pushing for that seventh place and if we remain in the FA Cup, then I don't think Mares will be an issue because there's bigger issues at the club. There's bigger things for the players to be concentrating on. There's bigger things for the fans to be concentrating on rather than one player. Is that player very important in that? Of course he is. He'd be ludicrous to start throwing performances because he won't have to. He won't be able to. He'll be taken off and he won't be playing. And I don't believe for a fact that he will anyway. He doesn't seem that sort of person to me. I don't know the guy, but just when I see him in a Leicester shirt, he does look very happy in a Leicester shirt. So I don't think there'll be a problem keeping that Leicester's form doesn't drop off massively, even if that's got absolutely nothing to do with the situation. As long as Leicester playing well, I think the Mare situation will just sort itself out. It'll, be, it'll become background noise, hopefully. Yeah, I think lastly on Mahrez, uh, we don't want to make this entire podcast not about a story that's not uh, <laughs> that's not a story in, in many ways. But I think I don't think fans should be expecting him to come back into the squad and put in lung-busting performances where he's down by his own byline uh, making super strong challenges uh, because that's not his game. The way he's going to show himself uh, that he still wants to be in and still can play well in a Leicester shirt is by doing the business up the other end. We said, we said against uh, opposition like Huddersfield where he's fairly absent for the most of the 90 minutes and then he scores that goal that very few other players in the Premier League would be able to score just to wrap things up. Don't be expecting him because he's had a bit of a slap on the wrist and said, oi, look, sort your attitude out. Don't be expecting him to be charging about putting his foot in left, right and centre. If he's coming back as the Riyad Mahrez that went away just before the end of the transfer window, he's going to come back and he's going to show us what magic he's got in his left foot and you, what you, he can still contribute to the team. Yeah, I, 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 I do agree with you in some parts of that. But also, if you're the manager or you're the players, let's just say you're Jamie Vardy or Schmeichel and join the warm-up in the next home game and 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 um, Mares is in the team. You could turn around and say, "Look, Mares, Riyad, <laughs> we'll call him Mares, but look, Mares, you in the first five minutes when you have a chance to trap back, trap back and give someone a right kick. You know, maybe get a yellow card, put some, you know, put your foot in, run around like a blue arse fly. 
just show to the crowd that you're really there for the cause. And if that is just getting back and doing that sort of tackle, that's fine. Because that will then show to the fans, look, actually, I, I, I do care. And then obviously you can go back to your normal game later on in the match. You know, just for the first 10 minutes, really put yourself about, which is obviously not your game, but just to show the crowd that you are for the cause, at least on the field. I still think he's he's happy at the club. He just wants to move to a bigger club. Um for all the reasons we've mentioned and for obvious reasons. But uh, that's what I would say to him. If I was a player, I would say to him that. I'd say, look, even if it costs you a yellow card, um, go and do that just to show the, you know, the fans that's what they want. That is what they want. Right, no more Maris chat. Let's talk about who departed on, on deadline day. A couple that were... Uh, pretty much expected or not necessarily deadline day but towards the end of the window and a couple that well one one in particular it it didn't surprise me in the sense that he's he, he's in a position where he needs to be playing football um regularly for for a first team and he wasn't going to get that Leicester with competition for places but let's start with club legend one club man the loyal man that's been with us through it all Andy King uh, gone on loan to Swansea for the rest of the season. In a footballing sense, it makes perfect sense. But from a sense of, I never thought Andy King would ever be seen in any other shirt other than the blue of Leicester. It it came as a little bit of a of a shock, even though it's not a shock. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. You you've said before that you, you know you'd like him to finish his career at Leicester. Uh, to be honest, I've I've not got a not got a problem with it. Do you know what I mean? But um, he's he's obviously so far down the pecking order at Leicester that it just makes sense all round. Um, I like how he's gone to the Premier League side as well. Um, and, and good luck to him. The, the thing is, he's not left the club. You look at a, a player who's playing at the moment for um, Swansea uh, in in Nathan Dyer, who obviously we all know from from the Unbelievables. Um, he's came to Leicester and then gone back there and he's now playing for them in the first team. I'm not saying that Andy King will come back and play in the first team for Leicester. I don't think that will probably ever happen again. Um, unless there is any injury problems or whatever. But um, I think we should be doing a kind of a, a look back on his career when he leaves permanently rather than the load move. For me, it's just a bit of a go out, go and get some games and we'll see you in the summer. And then if a deal's done permanently with whoever, that's when you start going back over his career. But uh, yeah, a good move for King, good move for Leicester. And Yeah, there's uh, a bit of finality in the way that he's written on social media though. He's posted, after 13 years at LCFC, writing this feels really strange. Today is a new chapter in my career and I can't put into words how honoured I am to have been part of Leicester's story for the last decade. It truly has been an honour to play for Leicester City and this club has a huge place in my heart. Thanks to everyone connected with Leicester, fans, players and staff for giving me the most memorable moments of my life. I'm excited and ready for my new challenge joining Swansea on loan and can't wait to get started. If you didn't know that he'd moved on loan there and you hadn't read the last sentence of that... That that's a departure message. It it is. I know exactly what you mean, um, and I thought exactly the same. But you never know. He, he could have written that, and it it sounds like it's a, someone who's left the club. But um, we'll just have to wait and see on that. And if he does move permanently, that's when I think you know the full page Leicester Mercury advert taken by the player and testimonials. When was the last time he went to a testimonial? Um, surely. He would have yeah, a I saw some talk online about that. Yeah, there would have to be, but of course, it has to be a permanent move away from the club, um, yeah. or maybe when he finishes his, his career. Um, 
he will definitely, definitely have a testimonial. I, for one, will definitely be there as well. Um, if I'm there in a working capacity, I'll, it, brilliant. If if not, I will buy a ticket because the guy will walk out with three trophies. <laughs> no, no other player has done that in the Premier League era of winning League One Championship and the Premier League at the same club. No one's done that, and it probably won't happen again. Um, a club going through those divisions, really, when you look at it, um, it would take something extremely special but um and also for that player to be at the club so i'll i'll just hold my horses on king um regarding him leaving because it is a lone move and even though the wording does sound permanent let's just hold our horses um another player who's gone on loan um slim dog millionaire um yeah he's gone up to Newcastle, which, to be honest, is a good fit for him. It's a good fit for Newcastle. I think it's a good fit for Leicester. They've got a few million quid um, for it. Uh, also, he's going to play. Um, you never know. He could play, score lots of goals, and Leicester go, do you know what? Come back and play for his next year. Or, if he scores goals, it means that we'll get the majority of the money back that we spent on him. They're, they're looking at about 20 million quid. And you'd have to say, if he does well, 20-odd um, million quid, it would turn out to be quite a good deal all round. Um, yeah, I th- I think that is an all round deal that works for every single party within the deal. Him, Newcastle, Leicester. It, it, it's an interesting one though because Ajoa had already gone to Brighton, so that only leaves us with three first choice strikers. It, it does, and I think that's a big positive towards Iniacho as well, who's obviously with his goals against Peterborough, um, and he looked sharp the other night. I think. Uh, Puel said in a press conference as well that he's been uh, really good in training, um, starting to look the business. So this is a big thumbs up for Iniacho, the fact that they've let two centre-forwards, as you said, Ajoa and, um, and Slim Dog Millionaire, go on loan. Again, Ajoa, um, the bit when we go over his career at the club, um, that will happen when he leaves permanently. Because again, yeah, but I, he will I've, be back at the club. I, I, don't believe, I don't believe he will play for Leicester again. I think this is it. I think he'll go on loan there, and then he'll move to whoever. I can see him maybe going to um, go into Spain, or he could go to um, Brighton. I don't think he'll play for Leicester again. But uh, the same as Slomani, I think as well. But I think we'll just hold our horses on that. They've gone on loan. Um, we'll wait and see. But with Slomani, I just think it's a very good fit all round. Yeah, I think the same for the Ajoa move. If if he was going to go anywhere, he was linked with uh, teams like Villa, etc. in the Championship. But this is I think that's move. a great move for him. He's he's they adored at Brighton. Well. Even though he played there only for a season, he scored plenty of goals. He uh, he endears himself to, to fans because he puts himself about. Even if he's not in the greatest game, you know that he's, he's working his socks off for you. He was never going to get anywhere near the first team here at Leicester. Uh, probably never again, as you, as you say. It's unlikely we'll see him in a first-team Leicester shirt again. Uh, so it's one one last chance, really, for him in, in his early 30s to prove that he can play at this yeah. level. It gives Brighton a different option up front. It gives them somebody that the fans know well, somebody that knows this dis, uh, this division well. Uh, and as you say, it's a great fit for him. And we'll we'll talk about his contribution to to our club over the last few years, as and when that move is permanent. Uh, should we gloss also... over Ahmed Musa back to CSK in Moscow because that's just that's just happened. That's just a thing. Oh Don't yeah, really I mean, you're talking about day, does he... it Musa on the way? No, he's he's gone he's gone there. End of the day, he knows the club. Um, he's rubbish, but we'll see. You saw him score the best goal of all time, but um, it's uh, well, not the best goal, but do you know what I mean. He um, 
yeah, he's just a, a forgotten member and he'll go there and he'll probably sign for a few million quid. Cheerio. But um, I suppose the one thing with Ajoa as well is that he's gone for a cause as well. He's not gone to a mid-table club. He's gone to keep them up in the Premier League. And if he goes some way to doing that, then he'll become an, an, even more of a hero than he, than he is already. I've got a, a good friend of mine who's a Brighton fan and he, he loves him. He said the fans love him for the exact reasons why we do. And, and I'm not going to dwell on this because, again, I've mentioned it before, and that is when Leicester have a player who plays really well when we're at a certain level and, and he's, and he's um, well-respected by the fans and a very good player, when we advance to a different level and he doesn't quite reach that level, that doesn't make him rubbish and get out of our club and all this sort of thing. Because some of the stuff I've seen regarding King over the last... 12 months or so and Najara in places has been has been really really poor um and because the team is a lot better well not not a lot better without him but because he's not as good as the players who are already in the side and he's struggling to get in the side that doesn't mean he's a very poor player I think a lot of people who are listening to this will know what I mean and would have read things and would have heard people say, even friends of theirs or fans in the King Power away games, they'll be you know really slating. Now, if he's not good enough to get in the side, that's fine. But you've got to remember, these are players, especially obviously with King, really what I'm mentioning, who's been there for 14 years, done everything, won everything, a, a, a top-class player um, for Leicester City. In our history, he will go down as one of the best players in terms of winning trophies, but also the goals he scored, the way he's conducted himself. He's well-known to be a, a brilliant trainer and a, a well-respected member of the squad. Um, someone a lot of players, probably Mares, could really look up to. Do you know what I mean? And um, and that speaks volumes. And I think there's a lot of things that have been written about him which you've just got to look at and shake your head and go, what nonsense or what drives someone... To, to kind of think that way. But uh, again, we'll probably mention that uh, if and when he goes from the club. But uh, yeah, that applies for a number of players at the club. But uh, there we go. Um, that was the transfer deadline day, which happened one, to be on one the more, day. One more before him. we move on. Who else is there? There's a, uh, there's a man that, uh, according to the Leicester Mercury, was super, super angry at the end of the transfer window because Leicester turned down three or four bids for him and he's still a Leicester player. That's... Uh, the cult hero that is Johan Ben Lewan. And now I'm only really bringing it that I'd normally brush it under the carpet and say, well, I'm not bothered whether he's angry or not. But I, I saw a post, he, he's quite active on Instagram, he's Johan Ben Lewan, mainly wearing awful clothes. He denied to, it, didn't he? Yeah, he's come out and he's put he, he's put a pic, uh, still of him being interviewed on LCSC TV with a big smiling face on, saying, unhappy, question mark. Uh, look at my face, I'm always happy, so stop telling bull her, family show, can't say the word. Uh, I'm very happy to be a fox, but I'm disappointed to not play. That's a little bit different. Football is my life. When I'm not, when I'm happy not playing, then I'll hang up my boots. Uh, it's not a case, and that's not the case, because I really want to um, play at the King Power Stadium with our great fans. So Leicester Mercury, stop telling bull beep. And they they uh, apologised. The Leicester Mercury they've they've actually sent out a message on Facebook on Twitter as well. They've actually apologised, saying sorry, we got that one wrong. They literally just put their hands in the air and uh, and fair play. But um, yeah, funny enough, <laughs> of all the players who are on social media, uh, do you know how many I follow? Go on. 
Uh, none. Uh, sorry, I, I follow one on Instagram, and that is Johan Palawan. For he's entertaining, know. isn't he? He's, he's, he's a bit odd, and that's why. Um, the you others can go I don't back bother. to wearing man dresses and weird hats. It's a bit weird. It's, it's it is a bit weird, but um, he calls himself Picasso as well. Yeah, there's he's, he is he is a bit of an oddball, which is uh, which is good really. But um, no, he's still at the club. End of the day, if there's a if if there's a nuclear war, he will still be at the club. <laughs> he's he's, he's um, like Leicester City's cockroach, isn't he? He'll, he'll survive anything. Oh yeah, he he will survive. He survives managers. He survives all sorts. He's playing in the Champions League for God's sake. But um, but there we go. And I suppose we, oh, we, final we, one on the transfer window. Sorry, no. um, it's it's <laughs> quite it, it it's closed? good. It's closed. Yeah. How, but before you mention it, who whose decision was it to have it on the day of? Uh, oh, sorry, to play games on the day of the transfer. What? Oh, an ridiculous, wasn't it? Big mess. Big Sam was kicking off. Yeah, what a, what's a, it's a shocker, as I would say. Bit daft. <laughs> yeah, because you've got players in your squad who might be wanting moves, or you might have to leave players out that might get a move and might not, and then you've got no time really to put through deals of your own. Bit daft. But I just want to say we've we've talked about how we're not. I wouldn't say we're a a massive club, but we are starting, or, or we've certainly put in a lot of foundations to become one of the biggest clubs in this country and the owners are a big part of that they're, they're they've got plenty of money but they've also got plenty of um uh, well the the size of their testicles is fairly substantial let's say um and you know the reason Slomani went to Newcastle rather than West Ham is because the yes. owners didn't like what Karen Brady had said about him yeah I think that's brilliant I, I think yes. why why do you have to make anybody else happy in football if 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 they don't, they've got no reason whatsoever to get rid of. If it was only West Ham in for Slomani, then Leicester would have just kept him, and that's fine because the owners don't need to be bullied about. We're we're standing there going, look, we we are currently a top seven club, I think, and I hope that's where we finish seventh, and and that provides a real platform and a more realistic platform, I think, than Leicester winning the league in terms of where we can progress. We can start to inch our way very realistically in towards the top six in the next couple of years. And having the big club mentality is a big part of that. Again, it just shows you the sort of people who own the football club that they will not give a football club that they disagree with the, the principles of the owners and um, some of the things said by the directors, as you said, uh, Karen Brady in this case, that they just said, no, we're not going to give you this player. Fantastic. More clubs should be the same. Um, and again, we'll just touch on the fact that the, the um, training ground complex He's going to go through a, um, a consultation stage with obviously talking to local people, the area, and, and just checking it all out. Um, I know that area quite well. Um, been there a number of times. And, uh, yeah, fantastic. A, a big complex where everything's going to be kept. The whole club will be run from there. They'll have, um, obviously, the training ground complex, but also um, there'll be a hotel there. There'll also be um, a couple of grounds where they can host fixtures, for the under-23s, the development squad, everything to do with Leicester will be based on that complex. And then the ground will be a standalone ground, um, obviously taking care of itself hospitality-wise, but also just used on match days. Um, so great news. And it's not a million miles away from me, so I can always nip over and watch the under-23s and that. So um, fingers crossed that goes through, because obviously they wanted another place which was possibly first, with this one being first 
minus first, if you know what I mean. Like they were both first very reserve. close to each other. Yeah, this was the the first reserve, but they were both very very close to each other in terms of um, you, you, they've gone from one to the other very quickly. And um, and yeah, fantastic news. And again, it just shows you that um, that we are a big club moving forward, and that we can't be bullied by um, big clubs offering derisory amounts for players. And I suppose the last thing I'll say about Mares is if he went, and I said this earlier today, let's just say we sold him, okay, for whatever amount, um, 50 million, say, that they offered, and he played against West Brom, okay, for example, um, and he scored. He scored a, a step over and he curled it in the far corner, right? How much money is he worth today? What, if he if he does that for Man City? He does no. He did that on Wednesday. So we sold him on Tuesday. He plays on Wednesday. He scores a fantastic goal that we've seen him do a million times at Leicester. How much is he worth? If if I said to you right now, how much is he worth? You would say, oh, he's got to be a hundred million pound player because he's at Man City. Oh yeah, yeah. If he does one thing in a Man City shirt, that adds twenty twenty five million onto his price tag straight away. I I think that is the that just sums the whole situation up. In one, he's obviously got his own issues, and that'll all sort itself out. But I think the whole issue can be said with if he went to Ma- to Man City on Tuesday, played on Wednesday, scored a goal, he's worth hundred million pounds. I think that sums the whole situation up. Should we talk about football? Go on, then. Um, so uh, Swansea. Well, yeah. Well, should we gloss over the Everton game? Leicester didn't really look mess. like they wanted any part in it until they got a goal, and then. Run lucky and Acho hitting the bar and the post could definitely have got a result out of it, but probably didn't deserve it in terms of the fact that they didn't seem to apply themselves or play with the intensity that we'd expect for the first three quarters of the game. Really, it was a bad day. Bad day. Move on. Swansea uh, tomorrow, as we record, you may be listening to this Saturday morning as some pre-match uh, build-up. If you are, good morning. It's the weekend. Happy days for you. Uh, I'd rather have played Swansea a few weeks ago, if I'm being perfectly honest. They've had some good results. Confidence seems to be boosted there. Carlos Carvajal's come in and and, and boosted things there. They've just reunited the IU brothers. They could prove a bit of a deadly combination. They're, They're on the up at the minute, but is Leicester at the King Power Stadium still going to be too much for them? Well... I completely agree. We played him a few weeks ago. It's a routine two three nil win, but um, it's it's he's done a good job, Carvajal, since he's gone there. But I just wonder, you win two on the bounce, and I know one of them was against Liverpool, um, and they perform very very well that day. But to win two is very good. To go and win three, that's quite rare that it happens for a team further down the league. I remember one team a few years ago who managed to do that, <laughs> but. Um, it's quite rare for them to go and win three, especially away from home at a ground where obviously Leicester are very, very good. Um, I think if Leicester get a good start, you just you, you may be looking at a game very similar to the Watford game in in a way. Um, but uh, yeah, a good start and get an early goal. I can only see a Leicester win, but um, obviously they've got a lot more confidence. They've brought in Ayu, who they sold for about the same money. Um, I don't know which one's which. I really don't. Um, one's called Jordan, one's called Andre. Yes, but hopefully they'll wear of... initials on the back of their shirts for because you're not there tomorrow, but I am. 
So no, hopefully for my in... sake, they'll wear one of them will wear initials or they'll have a different hairdo or different colour boots or something. Exactly, because in terms of the footballer they are, I don't really, you know what I mean? Not, one's not tall, one's not small, one's not fast, no, they're, one's not they're both sort one's of not a, regular a, height. They're both exactly. pretty quick, dynamic players, aren't they? Yeah, similar positions. It's it's They are very, very similar all-rounders footballers. Like Fabio and, and it, Raphael from Manchester United. Yeah, I mean, obviously being brothers, but let's just say that they weren't brothers. Let's say one was um, a, a different name completely, a different person. They still would be immensely similar players, if you know what I mean. Um and so, yeah, it's it's going to be a more difficult game than before. But I I just look at it and go a home win. And also, it needs to be lineup a home wise, win. what do you reckon for the lineup? Because oh, well, I think it's got to be a home win. For... It's unlikely there's going to be Riyad Mahrez there. Matty James has been preferred to Vicente Ibora in in the last couple of of Premier League games. Ibora and Silva started together in in the cup, but James and Ndidi was the was the selection on Wednesday. No real indication of any. Injury to Ibora, he was on the bench. He was he was there, fit to be part of the match day squad. Uh, do you do you think what do you think Matty James offers that Ibora doesn't, or do you think that's more of a an away from home, have a bit more of a a steadier sort of put himself about in the middle kind of bloke in James, and then let Ibora play a bit more of an expansive game at home. It, Puel's known for tinkering; he doesn't tend to stick with the same eleven, does he? So it could just be that. It could it could be that he did say that it's James coming back from injury was like having another new signing because uh, Puel hadn't seen a lot of him when he first when Puel first came to Leicester. So maybe Matty James is is forced himself above the pecking order outright. He obviously likes uh, James. I think there will be changes. I think um, Ndidi will play. I hope um, Silva plays alongside Ndidi in midfield. I think it's the perfect uh, game for him to be start playing Premier League football. He's obviously getting fitter and fitter. Matt Sharp, um, he looks sharp against Peterborough. But um, I think after that game, they maybe looked at it and went, right, we'll play James in the week. Because again, a, a game every two or three days, well, was it three or four days, gives Silva a place on the bench and then start him on Saturday. That was probably the plan before Everton. Um, So I think it would be a a similar lineup in terms of your defence. Maybe Fuchs coming in. Uh, Chilwell didn't have the best of games. Um, The defence the same. The midfield, I would imagine it would be Ndidi um, alongside someone like Silva, who I would would like to see start playing. Um, And then your forwards are interesting because... Uh, Albrighton didn't have the best of games Gray didn't have the best of games uh, and you've got Diabate who is the big enigma really he's, he's he's the new player who came on did well do you start him do you say to him look lad you've, you've started really well at the club here is a place in the well, Premier League yet, st- to, be, yet to be team. seen at the King Power isn't he Diabate so it'd be it'd be a, a fair boost for his confidence if you say look you affected the game very positively got man of the match against against Peterborough uh, came on and and caused a few problems against Everton. Here you go. Here's your starting berth. Yep. Maris is Maris has gone AWOL. You stick stick him wide right so he can cut in onto his left foot, which proved quite fruitful. At, uh, certainly in the game I watched against Peterborough, and say, look, prove that you're not here to just come into our development squad, which was what a lot of people first thought. Here's your starting berth. Let yep. the fans make the fans love you. Go and make something happen. He's too good for the development squad now. Um, he's shown, obviously, enough to be a first-team squad player. Uh, I wouldn't be against him starting at all. Um, I wouldn't be against Iniacho starting behind Vardy. Um, Okazaki, obviously, could still be on the bench. I don't think that's a problem with the player at all. Um, I-, I would like, possibly, to see that. Why not? Why not have Gray one side, uh, Diabate the other side, with uh, Iniacho? Uh, obviously, those three played... Um, 
with each other against Peterborough and then have Vardy up top as the, as the main man, as, as he is, as he always will be. Um, that, In fact, actually, no, I've, I've convinced myself that's how I'd like Leicester to go. Uh, Grey one you've side, t- you've talked yourself into it. Yeah, and Ineacho behind Vardy. Why not? You're at home. If you're ever going to do that, why not? You are at home against Swansea, one of the lesser teams in the Premier League, you know, with the greatest respect to him. But uh, um, that's what I would do. Um, one interesting thing, obviously, is that and obviously Andy King has gone to Swansea. He won't be playing. He won't be part of the first team squad. But I wonder how much information he will give to Swansea about Leicester. Do you reckon they've, they've bought him and sat him down in an office at eight in the morning until eight at night and saying, right, I want a detailed plan of what's going to happen. dragged all the information out of him. <laughs> Every single player, what's their strength It'd be an interesting weakness? one, that, because if it wasn't someone like Andy King, somebody who'd been at the... Some, somebody like an Ahmed Musa or, or a Johan Benelouan who don't really owe anything to Leicester, don't have, really have any ties to the club as, as such, you'd, you'd expect them to maybe blab. But yeah. Andy King surely will have sewn his own mouth up because... We're still his parent club. We're his boyhood club. Well, he's been with us since he was a, a, a young lad, and it, he's all but a one club man. You you would expect that he'd do the decent thing and keep his mouth shut to an I wonder, extent. I wonder even. I wonder even if, if if they've kind of done it where you sign him, but he's actually just gone and found somewhere to live, whether it's a hotel or you know renting a, a very nice house or whatever down there, and then he's maybe gone away. For the weekend or for a few days' break, so he's just yeah. Not and Leicester don't club. release him to Swansea until after Saturday. Technically, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, so so he's not being able to talk about Leicester. I don't think that's the case at all. But it's interesting. That's along the lines of us paying for um, for the area at uh, at the golf club where they were going to do with no, yeah, with Musa, weren't we? We're going to drop him off at the. Um, at the mayor of, of Leicester's office, saying, "There's your down payment." Oh, to, to pay the extra system. money, yeah. <laughs> but no, it, it, that might be the case. It's interesting. I wonder if I wonder if that will be the case. But um, it's those little things I'd, I'd love, like at the end of the season, for the club to have some kind of um, some kind of. Show I know they do the, the DVD, but stories like that that you know players get interviewed and they start telling stories that aren't necessarily going to harm anyone or harm the club, but just you know funny stories about the season, about um, deals that were made, deals that weren't made. I've I've said in the past one of my most interesting things about football, the one thing I really like, are transfers that never happened. I think it's um, really interesting stories, things that I don't see as any harm, but uh, yeah, all of a sudden they announced by the way when. When Kingy went, um, he was banned from going to the club or talking to anyone until five o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Leicester City had officials on the Welsh border stopping him crossing in. But I can't see why it can't be a, um, a home win. Um, and I'll, I'll just go for a standard 2-0 win. Yeah, I'd, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think we'll hope, well, I hope that we'll score two or three goals if we score three, we'll probably concede one. It's 2-0, 3-1, something like that. But the the game against Watford a couple of weeks ago at home wasn't the most awe-inspiring one, but it was it was 2-0, three points, move on kind of thing. And I don't think many fans would be against the idea of having something similar I can't see uh, this one Swansea being on Saturday. Um, an awful lot different. But, uh, I mean, when, when everything was rosy in the garden, which was Monday night, obviously there was the draw for the fifth round of the FA Cup. Um and it was a home tie against Sheffield United, which on forgot paper, about that. Yeah, exactly. On paper, first of all, you go, mm. but on when you look at it for again, you go fantastic because that's what we really want in the fifth round. We don't really, you know, I've said before about wanting big games 
that's great. I always want Leicester to play a big game, be on TV. But when you're in the fifth round, let's just get a nice draw at home and go through to the next round because then you're in the quarterfinals. That's what I want. And that's what we've got. They're a decent team, Sheffield United, but really Leicester should be overwhelming favourites for the game. Yeah, agreed. And it represents probably one of our best chances of getting through to the quarterfinals. There weren't many better draws that could have been had. Some of the League One teams will probably be going out when the replays happen. Uh, home tie, uh, we've beaten them already this season, didn't we, in the League Cup before Christmas? Yeah, so we, we won away. Job, you'd expect the job to be half done already. Um, and one step closer to Leicester's next dream. We've won the Premier League, we've played in the Champions League. Next dream is getting our hands on that FA Cup, surely. Exactly. It's a it's a good draw in, um, in terms of all the big clubs have avoided each other. It's a shame, actually, that because um, I'm trying to remember the draw, whether Leicester was quite early or not, but there was plenty of, um, I think they were fairly early, but there was plenty of uh, teams left in there. I was thinking, right, big teams draw against each other. But no, they've all got quite straightforward games if you could ever get one, do you know what I mean? So it could be a power-packed quarterfinals. And again, if you're going to play one of the big boys in, well, when I mean big boys, because we are one, but you know, one of the top four, say, um, you want to be playing them in the quarterfinals rather than the fifth round or the fourth round or even earlier than that. So a great opportunity for Leicester. We'll obviously be talking about the game beforehand because there'll be so many questions regarding the lineup, who's going to be dropped, who's going to be playing, etc. Because of the lineups that Puel has put out there already, um, and that's for another time. It is, yeah. Might be a little bit of a gap between this podcast and the next one because you're jetting off to Canada, I've heard, on the grapevine. So yes. if we can't manage to get something done with the time difference and the technology from Canada, it might be... Uh, how long are you out there for? 10 days or something? Canada. Um, yeah, so it will be... I will be back. Production meeting on air. Um, I will be back on Monday. Week on Monday. Um Oh, that's all right. So after next weekend's fixtures, yeah. So it's it. I I can't see why we should be doing one next week, really, unless no, something no dramatic need, happens. Really. Obviously, um, you can uh, you know you'll be uh, you'll be there anyway. But um, yeah, unless something dramatic happens, you know, I can't see what uh, ten days gap. But then we can always do one, you know, next week or the week after, should I say? Um, I think so. I'm glad we have it. these conversations when we're not recorded. I know people want to hear about our plans. You know what we're doing. I don't know that for a fact, but they have no choice. Well, they um, might do. Well, they you're off to Canada. Yes. En- enjoy that. I'm off down the pub for my dad's birthday. All oh, right. Well, I'm about to go. So, so I'll enjoy that now. Uh, and then I'll be at the at the Swansea game tomorrow, and I'll I'll give you the lowdown on it next time we speak. Yes. Um, Two nil. Both for Vardy, please. Purely because he's in the dream team. But there you go. 